Hello and welcome back to the Start a Glamping Business podcast. Uh, today we have another finance focused episode. Uh, the last time we did this, we spoke to Nick Parker from Live Oak Lake and we really delved into the SBA loan process. Uh, we are going to touch on the SBA loan again today, uh, but we're also going to put a particular focus on the USDA loan process and equipment financing. Um, so to discuss all things financing, we, we, we're bringing in Paul Bosley from Business Finance Depot. Um, Paul, welcome to the show. Could you just give us a little bit of an overview as to what you and Business Finance Depot do in the space. Well, first of all, nice to see you, Nick, as always. Uh, our company is an uh, agent of about 26 different national USDA and SBA lenders. Uh, there's a, quite a few of them that really are very motivated to do financing in the RV and campground space and the glamping space. So we, uh, we try to decide, you know, which lender is the best for any given uh, borrower, whether it's an SBA or a USDA loan, or as you, we, as you mentioned, we can also do equipment financing. We're under contract with about, oh, I'd say about 20 different equipment financing companies, and two or three of them really like the, um, the park model cabins and the glamping structures for financing. So we we have a, quite a variety of different ways that we can finance. Uh, I'm the finance instructor for the National School for the Trade Association. And if you click on Woodall's, you know, master class, I'm the finance instructor for that. And then the Glamping Association just kicked off a university, Glamping University. I'm the finance instructor for that. So we're, we're very active in the space, you know, because... Uh, you know, we understand the business. I'm personally, I'm an Airstreamer, so I, I do a lot of camping. So it's not just some finance guy that is trying to get business. I mean, I, I understand the business. I stay in the parks. You know, we probably spend about three months a year on the road, you know, visiting different, you know, whether it's KOAs or national parks or state parks, you know, so we're, we're very active in the space. And you're very experienced in the space. You're, you're one of the go-to guys for financing. Uh, you work quickly, as I know. We've sent you a few clients and you're always very responsive. So I'd always uh, suggest anyone looking for financing solutions to reach out to Paul and we'll have all of his details at the end. Um, but I'm interested in knowing your backstory and, and how you got into the business as well. I was speaking at a franchise show in Colorado and one of the franchisors that was exhibiting was at the time they were called Yogi Bear's Yellowstone Park and they had just uh, lost the bank that they had been using for years. And he wanted to interview me. I was introduced to him by the guy that ran the show. Uh, the guy who ran the show and I are both national park guys. So we, we, we had become friends mostly, not only because I was his client, but also because we both like national parks. And he introduced me to them. Yogi Bear's vetted me. Uh, I became, and I'm still the financing person for the Yogi Bear Jellystone Park franchise, which has been purchased since, and they're renamed Camp Jellystone, and that's how I got into it. And then it just, from there, they, they, the ops person asked me if they'd be interested in, if I'd be interested in being the finance instructor for, at the time, it was called ARVC, the National School, and I started doing that about four or five years ago, and it's really just been just a, a momentum that's taken off since that point. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, we, we, as I say at the start, we, we're going to focus on, on three financing vehicles today. Uh, we're going to briefly touch upon the SBA loan process again for those who didn't listen to the Nick Parker episode or those who, who'd benefit from a refresher. Uh, we're going to look into the USDA loan process and the equipment financing process. So we're going to dive into each of those in a second, but could you just kind of give a one or two sentence summary of those three processes and, and, and the kind of headline of, of, of what each one is and who it's for? Well, the SBA loan is, there's two or two different products. They cap at either five or 10 million, depending on the product that you're referring to. Um, as a general rule, they require anywhere from 10 to 30% down and they'll finance real estate over 25 years. Or if there's no real estate involved, let's just say, for instance, I just got off the phone with somebody that called me back about financing park model cabins over 10 years because they're not using real estate for collateral. So that's one one product, the SBA. USDA is really more for the big boys, you know, the, the, the big developers. That loan program goes up to $25 million. Uh, it requires feasibility studies, environmental studies. Uh, you can do a $25 million loan now and then come back. We have a client just doing a $25 million loan that we met uh, at the glamping show, actually. Uh, and they're, he's going to come back and do another $20 million loan to build a vineyard. So you can come back and do them over and over again where USDA doesn't have a cap, a lifetime cap. SBA has. If you hit $5 million or $10 million for the SBA program, you're done until you paid off the loan or pay down the loan. Equipment financing is just if you you don't really want to get involved with real estate for collateral, you want to do something kind of quick, easy, simple. Uh, the collateral is just the camp, you know, it's just the park model cabins, the glamping structures, and it could be you know any kind of equipment, anything at all that's removable, and uh, uh, you just finance it over five years, and uh, the collateral is just the equipment you're trying to finance. So so those are the three main products. Yeah, and I think I'm right in saying, you know, the big distinction between those three is is the, the SBA and USDA, um, to reiterate, can can kind of fund the whole project, whereas the the, the equipment financing is for, for as, as it says in the name, equipment only, uh, and it doesn't cover kind of infrastructure, but it has its place as we're going to as we're going to get onto. So just to briefly um, go into the SBA loan again um so that's the you know the small business administration and that is government backed correct which means um you know the the banks quite often get more security and 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 are therefore able to to offer better terms on the loan right that's correct the 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 reason sba backs usually 70 percent of the loan is because they're trying to lower the risk for the lender which means that the lender is now be more inclined to do the loan because they're going to get the full benefit of the interest expense and the fees from the loan. However, they only have maybe 30% of the risk. So it's a good deal for the lender. So that's the whole Mm -hmm. thinking behind it. Um, One of the SBA loans that's out there, the SBA just lowered the, or excuse me, raised the the level for SBA lenders that do anything up to $500,000. They don't have to require collateral. So one of the things that we're starting to do with uh, people that are just trying to finance glamping structures is we can do a 10-year loan up to $500,000 on an SBA loan. And the terms on that is 10 years with no prepayment penalty. So it's a better deal 
than an equipment financing package. So the SBA has a lot of different possible uses. The 7A loan goes up to $5 million. You know, you could be putting down anywhere from 10 to 30%. You could finance anything. You could finance the real estate. You could finance all the construction. Uh, you could finance working capital. You could finance all the glamping structures, you know, on any of the uh, uh, park model cabins. Anything you need to finance, you can put it into the SBA 7A loan. That caps at $5 million. And then the 504 loan, which is a, a loan that is a version of the SBA loan, goes up to $10 million, and that's just specific for buying real estate or equipment. So in that situation, the, the amount you can finance goes up quite a bit. The good news for that one is the down payment is usually only 10%, but you're only financing equipment, which could be the park model cabins, the glamping structures, and the real estate. So at that point, you're having to come up with all the extra working capital that's required you know, to do the loan, you know, to, to, to finish the project. So you've really got a lot of different ways of using the SBA loan. And not all lenders do the 504 loan. Almost all the lenders do the 7A loan. And very few lenders will not require collateral under $500,000, only one that I'm aware of. And there's just a handful of lenders that like to do the 504 loan, which is one of the reasons why, as an example, working with a company like ours makes a lot of sense because we're under contract with a lot of different lenders where if you just go to one lender, they're just restricted by what that lender does. Hi everyone, Nick from Glampitech North America here and I've just got a very quick message to announce some extremely exciting news. Since launching in July 2022, Glampitech North America has made a name for itself in the North American glamping industry. We've consulted on over 40 glamping projects, accumulated over 47,000 podcast downloads and plays and we're now ready to take the next step. And with that, we're absolutely delighted to announce that we're beginning the process of developing our own glamping projects. We want you to be involved. There are more details to come, but for now, we're taking expressions of interest from prospective investors. We're so excited to get this going. It's been a long time coming and we can't wait to get you involved. So all you have to do is fill out the form in the description of this episode and we'll be in touch with more information very soon. We can't wait to hear from you and we'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. And the SBA loan is is obviously, you know, it's great in terms of you're, you're generally able to get better terms than, than, than uh, you know, tr traditional bank loans can be quite, quite flexible, uh, but it's not completely free money. There are obviously um, some requirements in terms of down payments and what you have to show. So what kind of things would you would you have to offer to a typical or, or to be able to show or, or put down to a typical um, bank who who facilitates the SBA process? I'd say the average down payment, first of all, you identify the project, you know, so you add up all the money you're going to need, you know, whether it's buying the real estate, developing the real estate, um, buying the cabins, buying the glamping structures, working capital that you want to have, usually anywhere from three to six months. So once you define the project, then as a general rule, the borrower is going to have to come up with maybe somewhere around 15, 20% of the loan down. That can be not borrowed money. It could be investor money. It can be a gift. It can be money they've saved up. It can be stock that they've liquidated, whatever it is that they want to use to, for the equity injection. Um, generally speaking, we like to see people that have, they, they have to have good personal credit, which I would define at over 700. Um, generally speaking, we like to see people that either have industry experience or some type of portable skills. You know, maybe they've been self-employed in another business. Uh, maybe they have strong accounting, finance background. 
marketing background, management background, something that is going to be portable, that's going to show that they're going to be successful in the industry. Uh, and, you know, beyond that, they have to perform, you know, business, you know, give out their tax returns, fill out an application, uh, show their, uh, their bio, you know, that shows their background, business plan, financial projections, things like that. And then moving on to, to the USDA loan, first of all, there are some, I believe, um, pre-requirements for the, for the USDA in terms of kind of what land you can, you can build on for, for, for that kind of loan. So, um, you know, it is because it, it's based on, on, on the, the United States Department of Agriculture. So could you just give us a little bit more information about what kind of projects would qualify um, for the USDA loan? There, there's a couple of pre-qualifications for a USDA loan that do not exist for SBA. First of all, there's a map that we put the address in and it has to be eligible for the map. As a general rule, that small towns, cities that are under 50,000 and all rural areas. So in the campground industry, um, I found that almost everybody qualifies for USDA. I mean, it's very rare that you're going to see somebody. I mean, there is a I know when I was looking at traveling, there was a campground in downtown New Orleans. You know, obviously they're not going to qualify, but most every place else that I've seen in the, in the campground industry, from a geographic standpoint, you know, qualifies for USDA. Uh, the second thing is there has to be, uh, there's this kind of a form, a qualifying form that borrowers have to fill out. And as a general rule, the, the USDA is looking for specific areas that are light, lightly populated, haven't grown that much. Uh, they, they tend to like those more than, you know, more densely populated. Like, for instance, I live in Mount Dora, Florida, which is a, a very fast growing community, which is in the USDA district, but it's not anywhere near as, um, as you know, it's a lot more populated, let's just say, than somewhere around the Everglades, as an example, that, you know, no, nowhere near as populated. So they like to see lightly populated areas, and they like to see companies that are going to hire people, not as 1099s, but as people that they're going to put on salary and pay, you know, pay benefits. So that's really what they're trying to do. The whole idea of the government is to develop lightly, you know, lightly populated areas and develop jobs, and that's why they're willing to, to back the loan. Um, beyond that, uh, like I said earlier, there's a feasibility study and environmental study that has to be completed, which is not necessarily done for SBA loans. SBA loan, you have to have financial projections, but you don't necessarily have to do a feasibility study or environmental study. And that's required by the USDA. So beyond that, it's all pretty much the same. Uh, it's, it, the only difference is USDA loans have to be fully collateralized. So as a general rule, the real estate and the development of the real estate and all the assets that go into the real estate have to secure the loan. So it's a fully secured loan where with SBA, they can finance some goodwill. With USDA, it's really a fully collateralized loan. On the other side, like I said, they're, they're big loans. They can go anywhere up to $25 million. There's no cap, so you can come back and do another one after you've done the first one. I'm in communication right now with somebody I met in Kansas City at, uh, at the ARVC show, and they're looking at a couple of different $25 million projects, you know, totals that, that are going to develop a big campground. So, like I said, they're, they're typically loans that make sense if your project is going to be 
I'm going to say maybe three million or more, something like that, because the environmental and the feasibility study costs about twenty-five thousand. So if you're going to spend twenty-five thousand up front to get the loan, you know it makes sense that you're looking at a loan that's a little over three million at least. Yeah, and so if if someone's coming into a project and you know they have enough for a down payment, environmental study, feasibility study, etc., um, is is the size of the project going to be the only? And and obviously you know assuming that they qualify for the USDA loan in terms of the, the where the property is, um, is is the size of the project going to be the, the 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 main thing that distinguishes whether the SBA or the USDA is right for, for them, or um, is is are there any other factors that you would bear in mind when deciding which one is more appropriate uh, speed speed is is probably the only other variable sba is a general rule with the lenders uh they're mostly what's called preferred lending partners in the sba which means that when they approve it the loan doesn't have to go to the sba for approval so it's a quicker process because only one lender is involved with usda uh, once the lender approves it the package has to be sent to either the national or the regional USDA office for them also to underwrite and approve, which takes an extra 30 days. The environmental study, the feasibility study up front, that takes time. So, you know, between the studies up front and the, uh, and the, the secondary approval by the USDA, time becomes a factor. If somebody's in a hurry, um, you know, for something like a three or $4 million loan, I tell them you, you should do an SBA loan. If they're not in a hurry, uh, you know, and they're looking for a three or four million dollar loan, they're going to get better terms. They're going to get a 30 year term. They're going to have lower interest rate and they can come back and do more and more so that they're not capped. So if you did a three million dollar SBA loan, you now only have two million left. Or if you, if you do an USDA loan, you can come back and do another three or four million anytime you want. Hey, Glampatech listeners. This is Jacob from EGH Distribution with a quick message about our company. EGH Distribution is a premier provider of event structures, glamping accommodations, and much more. We're a distributor for many manufacturers, one of them being Dewar Tenton, a company that's been around for over 75 years. You may have seen some of their products at the glamping show the past couple years, one of them being the Oak. The Oak is a tunnel tent made of polycotton canvas with an aluminum frame. It sleeps between four to six guests and is perfect for a family unit on your campsite. We also offer other products like geodomes, these are also made of a breathable polycotton canvas with a large bay window and a beautiful front awning piece. One of our other premier manufacturers is Tubo Spain, which is a cylindrical modular glamping accommodation that provides 360 panoramic views and turnkey options. Perfect for places that have big open skies where you can enjoy a night view. We also provide event structures from Creative Structures of the Netherlands, which offer unique dome structures which are modular and can be built in a matter of hours perfect for weddings, hosting spaces, and much more. If any of these products have piqued your interest, please feel free to reach out to us at sales at EJH Distribution, or give us a ring at 587-987-0115. We'll be more than happy to help you with your project. There'll also be a link to our brochure, our virtual showroom, and much more in the description below. Thank you for your time, and hope you enjoy the rest of the show. And, and then moving on to equipment financing, that is a, a different type of loan. It's not a, a kind of general loan for the project. It's very much tied to specific equipment. Um, now, that's obviously, you know, that can apply to glamping units, but there are other elements. Um, there, there are other things that, that can come under that loan. So could you just give a bit of an introduction as to what 
what would would qualify um, as as an equipment financing loan in terms of what equipment would actually um, come under that kind of definition? And anything that's removable. You know, if, if if the only thing that isn't qualified is something that can't be removed. So if they're doing, you know, construction, you know, develop the, the pull through sites, or they're, you know, running utilities for the put the glamping structures down or put the park model cabins down, that can't be financed using equipment financing. But anything else can, you know, whether it's the glamping structures, the tents, uh, the park model cabins, anything at all. It's like the IT equipment. Um, you name it, all the, you know, any of the, the freezers in this, the store, any landscaping equipment, anything at all that can be removed can be financed with equipment financing. And what kind of terms would you typically be looking at in terms of the length of the loan, uh, any down payments or re- deposit required and kind of typical interest rates? Existing companies that are making money, they don't probably have to put up anything. If you're a startup, anything up to 20%. Um, they finance everything, delivery, installation, as well as the equipment over five years as a general rule. Um, the, uh, the, the, since there's no government guarantee, uh, the collateral is just the equipment. So it's a, it's a very different loan because those other loans have government guarantees and they have uh, real estate for collateral. So these are a lot riskier. So the interest rates are higher. Uh, you know, the good news is the interest rate is, is deductible, obviously, but uh, the, the whole payment is deductible, but it's a more expensive process, but it's quicker. So the way I explain this to people is, let's just say your equipment lease is going to cost you, let's just say a thousand a month. The question you got to ask yourself is, am I going to make more than a thousand a month renting out, you know, the, the cabins or the glamping structures? And if the answer is yes, then you're making money profit on using somebody else's money. If the answer is no, you're crazy to do it. You know, it's just as simple as that. It's just a, it's a cash flow decision. You know, you're using somebody else's money to make money. And am I right in, in saying that the, um, the, the, the approval requirements for equipment financing are generally uh, a little bit more relaxed than, say, SBA or USDA loans? Yeah, with... The way I explain equipment financing is it's like explaining the Wild West, comparing the Wild West to, you know, an SBA or the USDA loan is like as, as restricted as you possibly can get. SBA and USDA lenders have rules that they have to follow that are handed down by the SBA and USDA in order for the guarantee to be in effect. Equipment financing, it's like there's all different types of companies. Some of them are A lenders, some of them are B lenders, some of them are hard money lenders. And we're, we're involved, like I said in the introduction, with maybe 25 or 30 different companies. So we can, if somebody has bad credit, we can probably find somebody that will finance it at a higher rate than if we have somebody with good credit and that's been in business that'll finance it at a lower rate. So it, we can, as long as somebody is potentially financeable, we can find somebody to finance almost anything that's in equipment financing. And is there anything operators should bear in mind before going through the equipment financing process? Not really. It's just a, an application you fill out and you send in your your collateral, your quote. Uh, it comes back with a an offer. If you don't like the offer, you say, thank you very much. Have a nice life. And if you like the offer, you take it. Mm-hmm.
Great. And and can you combine, or, or does it even make sense to combine, um, say, an SBA and equipment financing or USDA and equipment financing, or is it generally um, kind of one or the other? Actually, with the SBA, with the SBA loan that I was explaining under 500000 that's something that we can do to finance some construction and working capital, and we can combine that with a equipment financing. So if somebody was just looking for, I'm going to say, a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of glamping structures and park model cabins, and they want another $400,000 or so for working capital and for, uh, uh, and for some construction costs, we can do that. We can combine the express loan, I mean, the SBA loan for half a million or less with, a, uh, with an equipment lease. We're doing that right now for a fitness franchise. Great. And so, you know, you, you've seen a lot of com- operators come and go. You've, you've closed a lot of deals for operators. Uh, I'm sure you've seen a lot of operators get rejected as well. Are there any common themes amongst the, the, the best operators in terms of, you know, actually going through the, the, the loan application process, but also once, they, once they've got it, uh, actually, you know, creating or, or continuing a successful glamping business versus the ones that either don't get approved or do get approved, but, but don't tend to, to do so well when they're actually operating? Just because of privacy rules, I am never informed, nor am I allowed to be informed if somebody is not making their payments. That's between the lender and the borrower. So I never know, ever, who is successful and who is not successful. Like the lender can't come back to me and say, hey, you sent me Paul Bosley and Paul Bosley, you know, didn't make the payments, so we had to write it off. They can't do that. It's not even legal for them to do it. And these people are, you know, they've got all their covenants and restrictions that they sign. So I never know who is or who isn't successful long term for any any type of uh, loan or anything like that. Um, as far as what I notice about people is the people that are prepared. You know, they take the time to make sure that they understand everything they uh they've got all their documentation you know pretty much readily at hand their financial projections their business plans you know those are the ones that i tend to think are going to be the most successful because they've done the research a lot of times i'll talk to somebody like the lady i was referring to that came back this morning to talk to me about the park model cabins i talked to her two months ago and now she'd come back and talk i mean the people that really reach out either on the internet and do research or reach out to reach out to people like me and talk about it, you know, so that we can share information with them. I share, after anybody contacts me, I share a lot of information, you know, documents, you know, different articles that I've written that have been published about SBA or USDA loans, um, you know, different videos. So people can understand the process more. Um, and, you know, that's the ones I think the people that are prepared that really take the time to research instead of just jumping into it. I think that's what I've noticed more than anything about different clients. Some are very prepared and some are just totally unprepared.
<laughs> now, Paul, I'm sure you'll get plenty of inquiries off the back of this. I know uh, we, we quite often get people asking about financing uh, and, and there'll be people who listen to this who are in a situation where they need that to, to take the next step. So um, is there anything, first of all, you'd like to ask of the audience? Uh, and regardless of whether or not you do have something to ask, uh, if people do want to get in touch with you, uh, how'd they go about doing that? Well, I guess, first of all, I, one of the things I, I didn't mention is I'm a volunteer and have been a volunteer for SCORE, Service Corps of Retired Executives, which is part of the SBA. So I, I do a lot of volunteer work to help people and help them understand things. So I would encourage anybody to reach out to me. You know, it's paul at businessfinancedepot.com. Our website is businessfinancedepot.com. We have a lot of articles that I've written that are published. You can email me questions. I do it all the time. I, I did a SCORE seminar to well over 100 people a couple of weeks ago. You know, people just reach out with questions. I think I'm, I'm always happy to answer that because I found that, you know, the more information you share with people, the better they understand it, like I said, and the better prepared they are when they want to go forward or whenever that is. And I can vouch for Paul. He's very responsive, very helpful, whether it's whether I've got a question or whether we're passing clients on. So uh, it really is worth reaching out. And he is kind of, he's got um, all kinds of solutions that he can help you with. As he said earlier, he's a, he's a broker rather than, a, you know, a bank. So he can um, refer you on to, to the best people for your project. So um, Paul, thank you very much. I'm, as I say, I'm sure you'll get plenty of inquiries and, and thank you for your time. My pleasure. It's nice seeing you as always, Nick. And you.